Shalom Lachem Rabbi Yisai. As we advance in Sefer Bamidbar, we find ourselves this week in Parashas Nasai. The Pasuk in Perak Hay, Tess and Yud, tells about the different um, obligations that a person has to give Dramshel Kedusha to the Kayin, the Matan Skuhuna, Matan different Chalak of Behemoth, Kabanis. And the Pasuk emphasizes that when you give these presents, they're really yours. The Pasuk says, V'chol tshumat l'chalkat she'b'nei Yisrael asher yakribu l'kayin lo'i yiyah. All the tshumat l'chalkat she'b'nei Yisrael that are given to the kayin, they're really his. V'ish as kadosh of lo'i yiyu, the kadosh of the kadosh of that a person gives are his, that which a person gives to the kain again, the Pasuk tells us it's his. Why does the Pasuk tell us that it's his? He's giving it away. It's not his. He gave it away to the kain. So Rashi answers two answers. So the first answer Rashi says is since we know that there's a mitzvah for a person to give I might think that the kain can come Forcefully and say, "Give it to me." Even though he has a chiv to give the chumas and maizvus, but he has the—it's his. It's his choice to who he wants to give it to, when he wants to give, to who he gives it to. It's up to the person himself to choose. That's what it means that it's his. Another pshat Rashi says. It's talking about the Chumas and Maestras. If a person holds back giving the Maestras, he doesn't give it. That's what he's going to be left with in the end, Maestras. At the end, his field will not produce properly. Only produce a tenth of what it normally wound up producing. So if a person holds back and he doesn't give the maestros that he's supposed to, lo you. That's what he's going to be left with is the maestros. Now she says, two pshatim, one pshatim lo you. Either that you have the choice to give it to who you want to, or that if you're not going to give the chumas and maestros, lo you. That's what's going to be to you. You'll be left with the maestros. You only have a tenth of the normal um, you know, produce that you would have over a regular year. And the Chafetz Chaim offers a totally different shot. He says something very different. He, answer, he answers based on a Medrash. There's a marshal like this. He says there was once a person that got, a, got called to come to the Melech. And he was very nervous about going to the Melech because he was going to have to answer up. and He was afraid that he was going to get into trouble over there. So he needed to find somebody to go ahead and to help him to speak to, you know, to speak for him to the king on his behalf to try to get him out of it. So he had different types of friends. He had friends which were his real close buddies. The ones that he did things with, he had a good time with. He had, you know, he spent he spent time with them. And he had some people which were his acquaintances that he was also close with, but not as close as his real friends that he was really tight with. And then he had some people which were acquaintances that he really didn't have much to do with at all. So when he's thinking, who's going to be the one that's going to help me go to the king? The first choice that he would make would be 
the people that I have the best time with. They're my buddies, they're my friends, they're the ones that I spend my time with. They're going to be the ones that are going to, to, pull, me, to pull me out of my, my trouble. So he comes, to his, he comes to his good friends and he says, come on, you know, I'm in big trouble. You know, yeah, what's the problem? What's the problem? You know, how you doing, right? And then he starts telling them, you know, I, I, I got into big trouble by the king and I really need someone. They say, oh, the king, uh, you know, listen, you know, we had some good times together, but we can't get ourselves into trouble right now. We can't get ourselves involved. I'm sorry, you're on your own. Disappointedly, he goes on to the next level of his friend, the one that he has a you know, connection with, but not as close as his real tight friends that he has a connection with. They tell him, okay, listen, you know what? We'll go with you all the way until we get to the palace of the king. And once we get to the palace, then, then we can't go in there. That's, that's you know, that, that much we can't do. But that's not enough, because he has to have somebody to answer up for him to the king. And then he tries this other person who's an acquaintance of his that he doesn't really think is, you know, really that much of a friend. And he starts to tell his story over to this person. And this person says, really? You know what? I'm going to come with you, and I'm, I'm going to come with you, and I'm going to walk, you know, go straight up to the king's throne with you, and I'm going to be able to plead on your behalf, and we're going to try to get you out of this. Explain the Chavetz Chaim that a person goes through life, and then there comes a point when a person comes up to Shemaim, he goes to, he has to go to the Kisi Akavai to answer in front of Hashem. So he wants to go in front of Hashem to plead in front of Hashem for his life. What's the thing that he's the most acquainted with, that he's most connected to? His money, his possessions, all, all, his, all the things that he enjoyed having inside this world. Those things, they don't go anywhere with him. Like the David Melch tells us in Tehillim, Don't be afraid when you see a person become wealthy, right? And his, the glory of his house starts to increase. After he dies, he's not going to take anything, and all that honor is not going to go after him. So when he has to come to the Kisya Kavad, all the all his fun and his money and his all the pleasures that he he had in life, that doesn't do anything for him. So the next level of a friend that he has is his family, his friend, close friends. They take him until the kever, but they can't go up with him. They take him to the kever, they see him off, now he's on his own. But there's another acquaintance that this person had, which is the Maisim Tevim and the mitzvahs that he did, the tzedakah that he did, and the Torah that he learned, the mitzvahs that he did. And those actions stay with him forever. And they go with him up to the Kisya Kavit. And they're, they're made Melitzim Yesharm for him to be able to to be able to defend him in Din. It's just during his lifetime, he didn't realize how valuable they were. And that's shot in the Pasik, all the Maisim, the Tzedakas, and the Trumas that I give him, those are really going to be his, because those are the Maisim Tavim, those are the mitzvahs that he has, those remain with him forever. I once heard from Reuben Karelin Zatzal, he once said over, that they once asked the person how much his earnings are. So he said, well, I make 10,000 shekel a month. And um, he, t- he says, but I really make 9,000 shekel a month. So 1,000 shekel, I have to give for miser. And the answer, the answer back to no, that's really what you make. Everything else is not something which is guaranteed that stays with you. But the 1,000 shekel that you make, that's what stays with you. That's yours. Like the person says, 
It's going to be yours. Right? Because that's what comes with you to the Kisya Kavid, the male Zayashim. Now, how does it happen? How does it happen that a person sometimes forgets? So this Lechavit Chaim brings another marshal. He brings a marshal that there was once a person that had difficulties with Parnassah and he leaves his wife and children for an extended period of time to be able to, to you know, to make a, make a bit of Parnassah. He comes to Africa and over there there's a lot of you know, well, you know, valuable gems and, and stones that are there. And, you know, he gets a couple of them. But everyone tells him this is not really worth much over here. Over here, the things we have to be invested in is milk and, 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 and meat, milk. So he starts to make a lot of money, you know, and, and investing and doing a lot of business over there. And he's, he's, he's bringing tons and tons of jerry cans of milk and, 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 and storing up and storing up and storing up. And he became a very wealthy person over there. At one point, his wife and children ask him to come back home. He says, okay, I made a very nice uh, sum of money over here, and I think I can come back now so we can marry off the children and be able to, to, to support the family. So he lets them know that he's coming back at a certain point. And he stacks himself up with a whole shipload, a whole boatload of, of, of milk. And he comes home. It's a whole boat ride you know, he has to, until he gets home. And as he gets to the port, they let him off the boat. And his family's waiting to see him. And he's this wealthy person that's coming back. And when he gets off the boat, all of a sudden there's this terrible, terrible smell. Because all the milk just spoiled. It wasn't, wasn't worth anything. And he tells his family, this is, what, this is all the wealth that I had. They're so upset. You, you wasted all this time just on, on milk. That's not the thing that's valuable. We needed you to be able to make money with gold and silver or diamonds or, or wealthy stones, you know, valuable stones. In other words, what, what, this is what you bring back the milk. This is the mistake that happened to us many times inside the world. We're humans. We have a human body. And a human body... It enjoys comfort, enjoys pleasure, enjoys being able to partake in the pleasures of the world. But sometimes because of that natural tendency that we have, we get caught up in it. And Hashem wants us to use the world. He wants us to use the world. He just doesn't want it to get caught up in the world. When a person starts to realize that the mitzvahs, the Torah and the mitzvahs, are those valuable gems, is that gold and silver that a person winds up putting into his bank account. And that's something that's, like, like the Chavot Chaim said, yil. it stays with you. It stays with you forever. And that's something that gives a person the whole Yeshua for his whole future. Now what's the Yetzer? For a person to be able to appreciate that, you have to value it. You know, there's a famous Maisa, and somebody once came to the Chazanish. There was a Bachar that was looking for a Shidduch. And he found the perspective perspective shidduch, a girl, that was willing to sacrifice herself for her husband to be able to learn. And he went to ask the the chazanish in Eitzah, you know, should I go into the shidduch? So the chazanish answered him, don't go into it. And he thought it's a really good girl. What's wrong? He says, because a girl that feels she's sacrificing herself for her husband to learn, she's not going to be able to hold out. A girl has to be able to feel that it's a privilege for me to be able to help my husband to be able to become a Talmud Chacham. 
when she feels it's a privilege, then she will honor that and, and build with that, and that's going to give the future for that home to build to become a home of Tyra. As long as a person feels the sacrifice of themselves in the mitzvahs, then the mitzvah becomes a secondary thing, and it's not the friendliest friend that we have. When we realize that it's a privilege, it's, the, it's our ticket to be able to come to Yeshua, and a person makes sure to invest his time properly into that. And it's Hashem, we should all be able to keep on developing and appreciating the value of Torah and mitzvahs, and with that be able to bring us to come to tremendous levels in connecting ourselves to the Torah and to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and bring ourselves to come to higher levels and levels in Torah and Yerushalayim. I'll have a wonderful, wonderful Shabbos. Call to.